I'm going to introduce Amy McNeil, who's going to tell her faith, uh, faith story, her, you know, circuitous connection to God through many a danger, toil and snare. Um, and uh, I, I love the testimonies that we have. We haven't had one in a while. And I'm like, oh, we got to get more of these. I think for our first year together, 2015, virtually every Sunday, we had someone tell their tell their story. and It was so awesome. So going to try to get back to that. COVID, COVID got us off our testimony game, but we're not going to let it steal our joy. So, um, so, but this is the time of year when we, when we talk a little bit about membership. So I want to do that briefly before introducing Amy. So um, we have a little different approach to membership at Blue Ocean. We, we've been over the past five years, we've been taking a, a one-year renewable approach to membership. Um, and the fall is when we usually talk about that. Um, we talked about this at our board and decided that in light of the unusual situation with virtual church and everyone being super stressed and all that, um, if you uh, signed up as a member in 2020, so for this year, we'll just automatically renew your membership. You don't have to fill anything out or anything like that for uh, 2021, unless, unless we hear from you. Otherwise, just consider yourself a member uh, for 2021. Um, and oh, I should put this, let me put this up. Oh boy, boomer moment, boomer moment. Ken has to do something somewhat tech savvy. We all wait here with bated breath. And it's confusing on my desktop. You, you know, you think this should be easy, but you, you're, not, you're not looking at my, my desktop. Did you put it up there already, Caroline? Yeah, Caroline's oh. already put it up there, Ken. So I think I think you're good. She oh, put it in the okay. chat. Yeah, let me check. Okay, actually, that's all right. Yeah, all the forward slashes are important. So that's that's awesome. Uh, you probably forgot what I was talking about with that little delay. So, but that is the um, that is the page on our website that has all our member um, resources, including a simple sign up form. So uh, if you do, if you're new to Blue Ocean and would like to sign up as a member, you simply go to that page on our website. It's in the chat and there's a, a simple sign up form it takes uh, like one minute to fill out. Um, and uh, we, we'd love to have you as a new member. And one of the um, unanticipated blessings of moving to virtual church is the number of lovely people from beyond our local area who are now um, participating either in our Sunday services on Zoom or if they're on the West Coast, sometime catching it um, on Vimeo uh, because of the time difference or in one of our small groups or classes. Um, we've also been um, grateful for people in this area who somehow found us online. Um, I, I think we all wondered how is church going to function when we can't meet in person and uh, it turns out it's worked pretty well all things considered um, which doesn't mean i won't burst into tears when i see you all in person whenever that is possible um, but back when we met in person i think we received something like two newcomer half sheets if you remember the half sheets those you've been with us for a while um, each week and, and we've had about that many people visiting or reaching out to us online since we went into virtual mode, which is kind of a, a pleasant surprise. Um, a big difference, though, is a lot more of those people are from all over the country. And uh, actually in Canada, too, we have a, a couple that tunes in from Nova Scotia. So we have people connecting 
on Sunday or in a small group or a class from California, uh, Burbank, I think, Washington, Florida, Missouri, Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Nova Scotia, other places, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, for the first time, the experience of church is pretty similar if you live in Ypsilanti or Ann Arbor or, or one of these other states. So we, we uh, at Blue Ocean, we have it probably a new enough and small enough part of the faith community landscape that if you like Blue Ocean, the chances are there isn't another church like it in your in your area. Um, and so those people have been who who like a church like this have been finding us from um, around the country, and that's that's really awesome. Um, and and I just wanted to say, especially if you're if you're new to Blue Ocean over this last year and you haven't uh, signed up as a member, now's the time. We'd love to have you as members for the coming year, whether you're in uh, Southeast Michigan or anyone anywhere else. Uh, so again, there's a simple form to be filled out on that um, a2blue.org membership resources page. So membership simply means you identify with Blue Ocean as your church home or in some cases, one of your church homes. I think we sometimes have people who are Catholic or from one of the liturgical churches who like what we're doing and they kind of go both places and that's all the easier in virtual church. Um, and, and if you're able to, uh, to fi uh, contribute financially uh, to do so, of course, we understand that we're all in a pretty fluid financial circumstances. So um, give as you're able, not as you're not able. Um, so, our, our members are people who really make it possible for us to exist. So if, you, if you'd like to sign up as a member, pretty easy, just go to that page. And uh, if you sign up today, here's the added incentive. If you sign up today, you can vote on the budget. I know that's gotta be a pretty exciting possibility for you. So there you go. Um, and now I have the delight of introducing Amy McNeil. Amy and her husband are from Indiana and um, have uh, found us, probably found us connecting to us in a more significant way since since quarantine uh, kicked in. So um, I thought it'd be awesome to hear from Amy. And she's got a fascinating story of uh, navigating the church landscape and faith. And so take it away, Amy. Good morning, everybody. It's really great to um, to be here. And um, as Ken said, he's kind of asked me to talk a little bit about um, sort of my faith journey and uh, particularly how I came to, to Blue Ocean and, and why I stay, I guess, um, too. So um, just by way of background, um, my husband and I um, met overseas. We met in Haiti and um, he was, um, working with the U.S. government, with the U.S. State Department. So we spent a number of years um, living overseas in three-year increments. We started in Haiti. We moved to Jerusalem. We were did a tour in Washington. Then we did a tour in Cameroon, in um, Central Africa, and then uh, back to Washington, and then to Serbia, to Belgrade, Serbia, and then Washington, and then Belgium before he retired and we moved to my hometown of Indianapolis. Um, so um, over the course of all that time, um, we, we both uh, grew up attending church. He grew up Catholic, I grew up Presbyterian. Um, and 
for me especially, church has always been a very central part of my life. And wherever I go, I have found a church. As you can imagine, what I just described, all those different places, um, what church looked like for us was very different depending on where we lived. Um, we have attended um, interdenominational evangelical churches. We attended the Scottish Presbyterian Church in Jerusalem. We uh, attended church um, on a U.S. military base in Belgium where we had a Church of the Nazarene pastor. Um, when we were in Washington, we lived in Northern Virginia, actually, and uh, we attended a very large um, PCUSA Presbyterian church. Um, we attended an Anglican church when we were in Belgrade. So we've kind of been all over the map um, and we consider ourselves kind of non-denominational because, you know, we just go, well, first and foremost, we go wherever they're, they're preaching in English. Um, and then also, you know, wherever we can find a community. Um, and then um, when we moved, when we retired and moved here to Indianapolis um, eight years ago now, um, we found a, a little church um, very near our house. We got very deeply involved. Um, we were in a small group that met once a week in addition to our Sunday church. And our small group was kind of the the small group that ran everything at the church. Um, the head of our small group was the youth pastor and he was also the worship leader. Um, I handled communion, you know, getting communion set up. Others of us did Sunday school, others um, helped with the youth group. So we were all um, very deeply involved in that church. Um, and then that church um, kind of took a bit of a turn where they um, kind of, turned in on themselves and really became a church that was designed to support itself. And there were a lot of us that were really more interested in serving the world than serving ourselves. And it, um, it created a big conflict, especially with the pastor that I mentioned, his name is Jeremy, who was the, um, he was the uh, youth leader and um, the worship leader. And, he and his wife, Tristan, were our closest friends at the time. And ultimately, uh, he ended up leaving the church and um, our entire small group went with him, basically. Um, and for about three years, we met in his home, which was kind of a, a nice time of healing for us because it was very, very, very painful thing to leave that church that we had been so deeply involved in. Um, but it was kind of a nice transition that some of our closest friends kind of went with us and we stayed as a family and met, met in um, the pastor's home for a number of years. We all had teenagers all about the same age. They were all part of a youth group and um, uh, Jeremy and I and others had led um, mission trips with the youth. So we were all very close to those kids and we wanted to keep them all together. So we, we did that for a while. Um, um, and then um, I would say kind of that there was a lot of pain around that, obviously. Um, and shortly thereafter, we had the election in 2016. And um, I started feeling less and less connected to the evangelical um, community. I had always felt um, ever, ever since I got to Indiana that uh, although I considered myself very conservative when we were in the foreign service, came to Indiana and realized that I had not seen conservative. Like 
<laughs> I didn't really know what conservative could be. Um, so I, I kind of, we, we found ourselves sort of the most liberal in our conservative circle. And um, so we decided to start doing some things to kind of diversify our um, contacts a little bit. One of which is I started working at the, at the public library, which has been amazing for um, making connections uh, with a, a lot of people that are very different from me in a lot of ways, which has been wonderful. Um, and as our kids um, all grew up and graduated from high school and went their separate ways, um, our little home church also kind of um, went its set, you know, we all, the families all kind of went their separate ways. And um, we started uh, to go to an Anglican church um, and uh, that that was it was nice, and the the um, we really enjoyed the priest and the community of of the people there. Um, but maybe two months after we joined that church, um, our daughter came out to us as um, transgender, um, and that sort of broke any lingering strings of attachment we might have had to the. Um, evangelical church. And um, that was was also a period, at least for me, of um, it was it was kind of the first time in my life that I didn't feel comfortable in any church I walked into. I had always grown up feeling like if I was at a church, I was at home. And um, that and the lingering political climate sort of got to the point where I felt like there may not be a place for me in church. And um, since that was a major part of my identity, that was that was a really hard um, deconstruction. And um, so that um, my daughter came out in February of 2019. And um, so then, you know, we, like I said, we did the Episcopal Church for about a year and they were wonderful and they, they were open and affirming. And when she came for Christmas service, they were lovely to her. And um, so that was that was really, really nice. Um, but right about the time the pandemic hit, um, our priest uh, retired. It was a scheduled retirement. It wasn't planned because of the pandemic. It just happened that it, her, her going away party and everything was was canceled because it was she was it was scheduled for the end of March. Um, so the church kind of you know had a huge um, you know falling apart. No, I mean they didn't fall apart. They're still going. But you know her leaving having the priest leave right as the pandemic hit was was kind of a a big blow for them and for us. And meanwhile, I had joined the Mama Bears Facebook page with Liz Dyer and. Um, received a great amount of support and encouragement um, and, you know, lots of loving people who, um, like me, wanted to find a way to love their kid and still continue to love God and be part of a church. And um, that was very encouraging for me. And she posted um, as soon as the pandemic hit that she was going to be doing a Mama, Mama Bear Minute at Blue Ocean and put the link on the website and invited us to come. And I came that very first uh, Sunday when you all were started doing the this format of virtual church. And I have basically been here ever since. Um, other than the Sundays I have to work, I've been here every Sunday. And um, I've also been able to get involved in um, 
uh, a, uh, a group for parents of LGBT kiddos, which is another great um, place of support of, you know, people who who are part of the church community, who in spite of opposition from friends, family, and other church members, you know, have chosen to affirm and accept and love their children exactly as they are and not try to change them, um, which is what um, what we've done. I've also um, gone to Ken's Clobberverse class, which I found really, really helpful. And ironically, Ken's book was one of the first books that I read um, when my daughter came out. And then lo and behold, I end up at his church, which was kind of a funny coincidence. Um, so, um, yeah, I've been I've been able to be a part of this church and it has fed me in ways that I didn't even know I needed. I kind of thought that I was done with church. <laughs> and so um, this is a very different a church than I've ever been a part of. And I'm um, just really grateful that during this time I've been able to be a part of it and that you all have, um, you know, encouraged me from afar. And I feel like it is as much my home church as a church that I have physically attended. And um, in some ways I have probably grown more in my faith through what you all are doing here than um, I did in churches that I went to face to face. So, um, so that's our story. And um, my husband, Neil is hiding over here, but he's here. <laughs> and uh, we're just really happy to be a part of this. And um, I'm also happy to say that I uh, filled out the membership paperwork this morning. So, so I'm going to be officially a member, not just lurking. <laughs> we are going to be members. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Amy. We're super glad you found us and that you're going to be a member. That's really, really great. So it's always good to see your face on Sunday mornings. And thank you for opening up and just sharing a little bit of your life with us. So we're going to move into a time of meditation now. Um, I've been spending some time this week in gratitude, just allowing my emotional knots to unwind, my hope to be awakened from what feels like a really long dormant season. So paraphrasing from Kevin Garcia, who is a pastor, author, and advocate, he had a post on social media this week, and I just wanted to paraphrase it a little bit. It's, I've been kind of letting it stir kind of within me. Um, Do not let the empire poke holes in your hope. Let us not be led to believe that doubt is more powerful than joy, that rightness is more correct than righteousness. Mistrust is not our only defense. So I've been meditating on joy this week because our joy is more powerful than doubt. So I'd like us to go through a simple visualization meditation this week. I'm going to slowly read a portion of Psalm 16. And as I read each section, I want you to place yourself in the words of the Psalm and just notice in your imagination what you see, hear, taste, touch, or feel. So let's start by closing our eyes. Place your feet on the floor if you can, if you're in that position, just really grounding and rooting your body to the earth beneath you. And then once you do that, I'd like you to take a deep breath in through your nose, filling your lungs, expanding your belly fully. When your lungs are full, you can go ahead and exhale completely. Keep up that nice, slow breathing at your own pace. 
Now we're going to go into our visualization. So keep your eyes closed. Keep that breathing going. I'm just going to read a portion at a time of Psalm 16. And if you're comfortable doing so, use your imagination to visualize yourself in each scene of the poem as I read it slowly. God, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise God who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on God. With her at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. With your eyes still closed, think about what you experienced in that time of visualization while you continue to breathe deeply. Did you notice any sensations happening in your body? Any emotions bubbling up? 
Did any particular thoughts stand out to you? A couple more deep breaths. One more. Amen.